Yeah. Well, if you can hear my voice, come on in. Uh, we want to get into uh, the Word, and when we want to get into uh, some ministry, we are, looks like we're tracking a little bit behind here, so we want to kind of get into that. I'm going to get you to turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, we're going to go there uh, today as God just kind of laid on my heart. I, I don't know about you, if, especially for those that would uh, that are a part of the uh, email prayer network that we have. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I, I was uh, the last couple of weeks seeing so many emails coming out in the way of prayer requests that I, I was getting ready to launch into a new series. Uh, and I just felt like God just say, put the pause button on that. And, uh, I won, and I just felt like the Lord saying, uh, this is going to be a, a weekend of just uh, ministry, which is interesting. I was thinking about it this morning as I was driving in. Uh, Cora and I are going to be in Victoria, B.C. this week for our general conference. And so we fly out this afternoon at 4 o'clock. So uh, maybe a little bit of speed prayer, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, you know, the Lord knows. He's got his thing, man. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but I, I, I just felt a nudge in my spirit, God, just saying, I want you to uh, share a word about uh, confidence and coming boldly before uh, God. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever had doubts about something. Who's ever had doubts about something? Come on, uh, just wave a hand at me. There we go. Uh, I've had some doubts in my life, uh, and, and there are doubts that I wish, I really wish that I didn't have. You know, because I felt, I really feel awkward about them. Like, so for example, I remember a few years ago, and I, before I tell this story, I just want to preface by saying that I really do love my children. And I really do hope and pray that, that God is, and I know God is going to do great things through their lives, but there are moments, how many parents can testify to this, there are moments where your children have ideas, and they're so confident that they're going to pull them off, but you're in the background going, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out for you. How many parents know what I'm talking about, right? We've all had it, right? Like, you know, and I remember years ago when Madison, who's about to graduate high school, so that's how many years ago, um, but she was in elementary school, and she decided one day, and, and listen, my children didn't pick up the athletic genes from their father, um, and all the guys that played hockey with me are going, what? <laughs> so anyways... But my kids have never been totally into sports. They don't even want to listen to sports. They won't watch the games with me, nothing, right? And so Madison comes home one day, and she's probably in, I don't know, grade five or something like that. And she says, Dad, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try out for the team, the, the school basketball team. Um, the what? The school basketball team. Dad, like, they're, they're having tryouts, and there's a tournament, and all this kind of stuff, and I'm going to try out. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I don't, I don't mean to doubt this. I don't mean to, you know, have a moment of, like, discouragement here. I don't want to discourage her, that kind of a thing. But in my head, I'm going, I don't think this is going to work out. I'm, I think you're, in my head, I'm like, she's setting herself up for some major disappointment. And, and, and so, you know, and my, my conviction was completely confirmed when she's like, no, dad, listen, listen, watch me, watch. And she's trying to, you know, show me how she's dribbling, which is not even, it's like once, and then it's like the ball's rolling, and, you know, and, and then she's doing one of these, how many, how many parents know what I'm talking about? You've seen your kid do this, the whole, you know, bounce, and then throw my leg over it, and then bounce, look at dad, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know if I've ever seen LeBron James do that move, you know, like, I'm not... I'm not so sure about that, you know, and, and so in my head, I'm going, this is going to be such a disaster, and uh, the funny thing to the story um, is she made the team, <laughs> and uh, I went to the tournament, and I was right, it was not pretty, it was horrible, you know, <laughs> like it was, it was one of those moments where as a dad, you're going, yay, 
that's not my kid. No, really, that's somebody else's kid. You know, it's one of those kind of moments where you don't want to doubt. And it feels horrible to doubt because you really want to believe that, you know, she's going to be successful and that it's going to work out for her and it's going to be awesome and, and all these different things. And, and a lot of us have walked through that in the way of life. There are times where, you know, we're hoping for, a, a, you know, maybe a job promotion or, you know, and we put ourselves out there and we're hoping. And, but there's just a little bit of us that we had, a little, little something inside of us that, you know, sometimes we doubt a little bit. It's like we want to believe, but there's like this lid on it. It's like something comes along and it hinders it. You know, maybe it's, you know, maybe if you're applying for a job with somebody else that you think might be a little more gifted or a little more skilled in this area or a little more qualified. And all of a sudden that little seed of doubt just begins to grow. And it's even more so true about faith and the journey of faith and prayer. There are times where, you know, we want or we need God to intervene in a certain situation where it's beyond us. We can't do anything about it. Or, God, I need you to, you know, work this out. I'm walking through this health issue. I'm, I'm walking through this financial situation. God, I've got this relationship issue, whether it's at home or, you know, maybe it's uh, extended family or maybe it's work. And, and, and we want to believe and we want to trust that, that, God, you can do this. And, and so we, and we start out great. We always start out great, right? It's like, yes, man, y'all, God, I'm going to believe you to do this. You're going to work through this situation. And, and then here's where the seed of doubt comes. The seed of doubt comes when we hit that moment where there's the delay in the timing. Or if it's not a delay in the timing, things aren't really working out right away as, as we think they should. We think that instantly they should just turn around and all of a sudden everything is great. You know, it's, it's, you know, and it's like, boom, here it is. And it doesn't work out that way. And we're inside, we're just like, oh, God, I really want to believe in this moment. But it's so, so hard. And that lid, that doubt, is, 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 is an incredible lid because the problem with doubt is it's the complete opposite of what the heart of Jesus is. And, and I thought about this after Thursday, and I didn't throw it in, so I'm giving you some fresh stuff right now. So this is why it's good to be Sunday people. You know what I'm just saying? Like, hashtag, I'm a Sunday person. You know, whatever. But, but, but when, I, when I thought about this on Thursday, after I walked away, after we prayed for people, and I started to think about it, and, and, and I... If you think about all the times that Jesus was about to do miracles, what's the one thing he would always ask? Do you believe? Do you believe? He doesn't say, hey, think about it. He says, do you believe? Do, do, it's not one of those, you know, go ahead and believe and start to hesitate. He says, do you believe? Just Simple. Do you believe? Which is the complete opposite of doubt. Because doubt is this hindered belief. I want to believe, but I'm struggling with it. But Jesus, when he would look at people going, hey, listen, do you believe? Do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that I can, you know, raise your child from the dead? Do you believe? That's a great question for you this morning. Regardless of what you're facing, because by just, just to be clear of the air and make sure everybody understands this, there is nothing that is insignificant in your life 
in the way that how God looks at you in your situation. It's not like God looks at it and goes, well, that's insignificant. I'm not going to deal with that. If it's a need, and I'm going to show you that today, if it's a need or something that's urgent inside your heart, you sense this demand of life inside you and you're, you're walking through something, it's, if it's important to you, it's important to God. And the heart and the passion of Jesus is that when you and I are walking through struggles or we're looking for God to give us breakthrough in something or, God, I need you to intervene and work out these situations or whatever it might be. It could be a struggle with sin. It could be a struggle with temptation. It could be a relationship. It could be work-related. Whatever it might be, you need to know the heart of God. He's looking at us saying, do you believe? And the reason why is because your, your level of belief has the ability to make changes in the supernatural. There's something that is connected. And God's heart is to get us, because listen, I think doubt is somewhat normal because we're human. We're limited in our understanding. We can be a little jaded in the sense that, well, God, this is how it's got to be. I asked you for this, and this is how it's got to be. And, and if it doesn't happen that way, then all of a sudden we think that God's failed us. But we have no idea what God's doing in the background. And I think when Jesus says, do you believe? He's really just saying, hey, listen, where, where is your level of trust that I can do this? Where is that level of confidence that I can work through this situation? Do you trust me solely to work this out for you? And, and what I think is somewhat normal for us because of our humanity, and God gets it, the truth is I think God wants to get us to a place in faith where God says, I don't want you to live out your doubting experience. I want, you, I want to eliminate the doubts. There are even times in Scripture where the Bible says that miracles didn't happen because of there's, there's no belief. And that's where God just put on my heart this passage out of Hebrews chapter 4. And I felt like God saying, I want to I bring this word, this this. this uh, this, this, this thought in, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. It's up on uh, the screen here, and it says this. And, and this is a powerful word. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, I want you to highlight that. That's important to know. We're going to get to that in a few moments. But therefore, because we have this great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly, hold firmly, gripping it, grabbing it, you know, the faith that we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. I want you to highlight that. Unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Let's go to the next one. Do that. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, except he's without sin. Let us then, because of this, because we have this great high priest who, who is, is, understands us and gets us. We'll get to that in a second. Because of that, then let's, let's approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace 
to help us in our time of need. Look, I just want to read the first part of the King James Version of, of that first part where it says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Can we go to the next slide here? It says this, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. Let me give you some context before we get into this today. And the reason why I really want to pray for some people today, because maybe you're here and you're in this room and you're walking through something and you're believing and you're, and you're wanting to believe that it's going to work out, that, God is, that God's heard you, that God wants to do something, that God is going to intervene. He's going to, you know, he's going to walk into your situation. He's going to give wisdom and direction. Maybe it's healing today, whatever it might be. And in Hebrews, this, this, this part of it is really about a, a letter that's written to a group of believers that are really wrestling with their faith. They're really wrestling with, you know, doubt, and, and they're in that zone. And, and the writer, who many believe was probably Paul, you know, he's looking at them and he's saying, listen, because we have this great high priest, because we have this person that totally gets us, let's come boldly, meaning free, like just absolute free Speech. It is this idea of um, a bluntness, this idea of, I love this, fearless confidence. It's like I just, I'm just, I'm coming and with absolute confidence, without, there's nothing that's holding me back. I'm not holding anything back. I'm just going to say what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. It actually, they, they wonder if, if what he was kind of referring to was something that happened in, in ancient Greece where, you know, uh, people would literally have the freedom in ancient Greece to just stand up and start to tell people, you know, in, in, a, in a town hall setting exactly how they felt, much like we have today. But there was just this absolute sense of complete just freedom. Just say what you're thinking. How many have got people around you that say what they're thinking all the time, Right. Like, there's no filter. That's kind of the idea here. Is that you would have some kind, that you'd have such a boldness inside your heart, such a boldness inside your faith, that there would be no hesitation, no reservation, that you would just come boldly. It reminds me of, of, of Sydney when she was a little girl. Uh, and I was going to say, you know, that she doesn't. You know, she didn't have a filter back then, but sometimes I wonder if she has a filter today too. But anyways, this is a different story. But when she was a little kid, man, there were times, and how many parents know, there were times where your kids would say stuff in front of people that you're just going, oh my goodness, what am I about to do? Like, what can I, I can't do anything. Like, it's out there now, you know? Like, I'd be holding Sydney, and we'd be sitting there, and she'd look at me, she goes, Dad, your breath stinks. Right? Or we'd be sitting there watching, you know, American Idol. I was just thinking about this the other day because it's, it's back on again, so I was watching it, and... And, uh, and, and so we'd, we'd sit there years ago, and, and Sydney would be sitting there, and she's like, Psh, they can't sing. They shouldn't be on that stage. Dad, they're horrible. Why are they on there, Dad? Like, and she's just pure bluntness and freedom. And we get so afraid to communicate sometimes to God, don't we? You know what I mean? Like, you ever sat there and thought to yourself, Okay, I just want to make sure that I say the right thing before God. I don't want to say, I don't want to say the wrong word. As if God's worried about semantics. As if God doesn't even know what you're talking about. It's like, man, I, I better make sure that I say the right thing because I don't want to offend God. I don't want him to get angry at me. When the writer of the Hebrews says, listen, Come boldly, 
fearless confidence before the throne of grace. I love that. I love that picture, the throne of grace. The, the reference here is that this is one of God, this is God's throne. This is the, it's, it's meant to be, you know, this, this picture of this is the decision-making point. But the writer of Hebrews says, I want you to know that it's a throne of grace. It's a place where you come and you and I receive absolutely unmerited, meaning you and I cannot do anything to receive, but he chooses to give favor, unmerited favor on your life. That's why this morning I felt in my heart this challenge that when we come before the throne of grace, that, that, that we need to understand that God's okay with us coming boldly. In fact, he wants us to come boldly. I think that's why Jesus kept saying, hey, do you believe? I I'm, I'm, I'm think Jesus was waiting for someone to, you know, and for the entire nation. How many times did Jesus say, hey, listen, man, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. I like this. I like seeing someone step up to, to the plate and understands authority and understands my power and understands that I have the ability to do all things. I am the great high priest. I'm just looking for somebody to stand up and say, I've got it. You're it, Jesus. In fact, I, I wonder, and I've wondered this for years, and I'm challenged to, to pray this way my, in my own personal life and the way I, that I do ministry. I'll let you in on a little secret. I, I have no problem believing for the crazy and the most ridiculous things to happen I'm not worried about the response of God because I can't control the response of God. But what I can do is do what the Word of God says. You know, when I look at the book of James, for example, and we won't go there today, but I look at the book of James and it says that the prayer of the righteous man or woman of God has the ability to change things. And the reference is this picture of this, this time in Israel's history where there's this major drought and, and the prophet speaks and it causes the rain to, to, to come and to come or to stop and to come back. And there's something powerful even to the point that you and I, that, that God has such power, first of all, to even cause that to happen. But second of all, that when, when we step into that sense of righteousness or we step into our understanding of who we are as followers of Jesus and what is available to us because of God that our words or our belief has the ability to change things and it's not that this is changing it's this is changing this is changing this is changing I'm developing an understanding and a revelation that when I speak to certain things or I pray certain things, there's an absolute 100% confidence. There's a belief that says, yes, that's it. Yes, that's it. Yeah, but Pastor Craig, what if we pray for somebody and they don't get healed? Pastor Craig, you know, I've, I've been there, man. I've seen it where we prayed for stuff and it didn't happen. Now, you may not like my simple theology. I'm okay with that. That's his deal. That's not mine. My job is just to believe. My job is to pray the prayer of faith. My job is to just believe, not worry about, well, what if it doesn't happen? Come up with a, you know, a backup plan. Well, you know, listen, and I'm famous for backup plans. 
if this doesn't happen, I'm a processor. So when I go to make a decision, I've already made the decision on what the backup plan is if this doesn't go through. How many do that? How many have got the backup plan, right? How many wish you had a backup plan when the power went out this past weekend, right? God says, you don't need a backup plan. I am the plan. And all I'm asking is for you to believe. And the reason is this very thought, is that he is the great high priest. The term here is superior. He is superior than all of the other priests that have gone before them. And not only is he superior, so just, you have to understand that the, in this moment, the, you know, Paul or the writer of Hebrews is actually creating a contrast that is intentional. He's saying, listen, normally you would go to a high priest when you're walking through something. You would call on them and say, listen, would you sacrifice on my behalf? They are representatives of God. And, and the problem was, and here's the problem, because, because the writer of the Hebrews connects two things. He said that Jesus is the great high priest, but then he goes on, but he's also a great high priest that, that understands who you are. He is one that cares. See, the problem for the, and, and this is where he's creating this tension. And he goes, here's the problem. The problem is, is that in, because I know they're thinking to themselves, why? We've gone to high priests before. They don't care about our lives. In fact, I remember studying this passage and coming across a, a particular uh, high priest in the, in the land of Israel who literally uh, took advantage of everybody around him. He raised taxes to the point where it was unbearable. He didn't care about, you know, the, the pain and the suffering of the the people and that was the norm for them you can see it in the old testament there comes a point where where i think it was um uh eli and his sons they became wicked and all of a sudden there was this there was this taintedness that if that's a word but there you know the the, the priesthood became tainted because humanity kicked in and sometimes when we pray, we're praying with the knowledge, and, and we're praying based on our own humanity. Man, if we pray based on what we think in our own, uh, our own humanity, we're always going to be limited in how we pray. Because we can't think beyond that. We can't see beyond that. But God can. And the scripture says that we have this great high priest who has the ability to understand what we're going through. And I'm going to ask Hillary to come back this morning. And I felt like God saying, you need to remind people who's on the other side of your prayer. And instead of us thinking or focusing on the situation that we find ourselves in that might feel, and, and not just feel, it, it is beyond you and I. It's beyond our comprehension at times. It's beyond our ability to change it. And some of us, we, in absolute humility, and, I, and I, this, is, this is great and everything, we'll, we'll come before God and we'll say, God, if, well, if, if, if you don't mind, God, right? There's this humility, and I, and I don't, I'm not knocking that. 
He's like, God, if you don't mind, would you, would you work out my situation? Would you, would you enter into it? I'm God, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with whatever, but now let me ask you a question. Is that what Hebrews 4 tells you to do? Just for a second. Is that what Hebrews 4 tells us to do? See, Scripture teaches Scripture. I heard a friend say that to me years ago. I've never, never forgotten that. There's such a balance in Scripture. Yes, we, we need to trust in God. And, you know, sometimes the answer doesn't come the way that we anticipate. And I don't, I don't fully get that. I'll, I'll admit that to you today. Healing is, a, especially healing, that's a funny one for me. And then God reminds me that there are other things moving in the background. And yeah, I could sit here today and I can tell you, you know, different passages of scripture that refer to and show why things don't happen the way that we want them to happen or our prayer lives and all that kind of stuff. And you know, this funny thing is, is that it's almost like, it's almost like we do that just to make ourselves feel just a little more at peace when we're praying. And God, that's not the, that is not the heart of Hebrews 4. That's not the heart of Jesus. When Jesus looks at you and says, do you believe? When the writer of the Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews, when he's speaking this word and he says, come boldly why because you have a great high priest who's superior in power that could do more than anything that you could ever hope and imagine and this very great high priest with all of this power has the ability to do all these things cares for your life do you know that, that, that phrase, to help us in a time of need, actually is exactly what I referred to earlier. It, it, it literally, the phrase is, the urgent or the demands of life. It's not just spiritual need. It's life. We often forget that there were times where Jesus would heal, for example, the blind. We often forget that usually blind people, because of society back then, had no ability to work, none, and they were, all they could do was beg. And the moment that Jesus opened their eyes, not only did they receive sight, which is amazing and awesome, not only did their faith and their belief in God grow like crazy, not only did they become this great and incredible testimony to share the, the, you know, the faithfulness of God and that Jesus touched my life, Their entire practical life just changed in an instant. And you might be here tonight, or today. You might be here today, and I don't know what you're walking through, and I don't know what you're wrestling through, and, and I just know that there's a great high priest that cares. And I just felt in my heart, and I'm going to ask um, Alan and Wendy to come join me, and, you know, and we're just going to take some time today. I'm going to dismiss. I'm not, I'm not going to force you to stick around. But, but if you're here today, I want you to do something that really pushes against your natural self. We can have all the hang-ups and the hesitations. That's not what come boldly means. That's not when the question was asked, do you believe? That's all Jesus is looking for. He's not looking for anything else. He's not looking for you to devise a backup plan. He doesn't need you to do that. 
He just said, I want you to believe. And I want you to come boldly before me to the throne of grace to receive mercy in the midst of your urgent and in the midst of the demands of life that you're facing. And know that I hear you. And know that I'm going to do something. I'm not going to leave it unattended. I care too much about your life. Jesus faced so much. That's why he gets it. In fact, here's a great thought as we're about to close. Here's just one thought. The moment that Jesus is in the garden getting ready for what's about to be the most incredible thing for all of history, but in the moment, the most difficult, and I'm saying it lightly, of situations. And what did he pray? He said, Father, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. your will be done. You know, sometimes we miss that. Jesus had this moment where it was hard for him in the physical. He gets us. He understands when there are moments where you sit there at night and you're like, God, I want to believe. But I'm wrestling with this right now. Jesus is going, I get it. But I want to take you out of that. And I want, to, I want to lead you into a different dimension of experience and faith that you've never seen before. Just believe and come boldly before the throne of grace. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. And here's what I want to do. If you're here today and, and you're, go ahead, you can stand. And, and, and we're going we're gonna to pray a, 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 just a release today if you've got to go. But um, if you're here today and, and, and you're walking through something, I don't care what it is, we would love to join you and come boldly before the throne of grace, asking God for mercy, asking God for help in the midst of what you might be facing. And so, Father, I thank you for everybody here today. You know, God, this might even be outside some of their own uh, boxes, comfort zones, whatever you might want to call it. It's like, man, I, I don't know. And I, But, God, I just pray that this word, your word, it's not mine, it's your word, would release them today to have, to take that step of faith, to to have that courage and that boldness today. It's, it's not, God, you can handle it. You got big shoulders. You can take it. I believe that wholeheartedly. And you're looking for the answer to do you believe. And the answers should always be yes. Sometimes getting there is a little bit tougher. But you want to get us there. And part of how you get us there is by proving and showing how faithful and how great that you really are. So we're going to believe for miracles for some people today. We're going to believe for interventions today. We're going to believe for wisdom and all these different things, God. And as we do, I just pray that, God, your word would become a reality in their lives. Because you said it. Because you declared it. 
because you desire it. And so, Lord, for those that have to go today, we speak blessing and favor upon them. We look forward to next weekend as we get together for, for Mother's Day and Suit Up Sunday, and we're going to honor moms. We're so grateful for them. And so, Lord, would you bless everyone as they go in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, Amen. If you're here today, please do not leave without coming to stand with me or uh, Pastor Michelle or Alan and Wendy. We want to pray for you today and believe for great things. Have a great afternoon. God bless you, everybody. Connect with some people before you go.